Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Gavin Scriven. People call me Dr. Gav and with me is the founder of the non-surgical penis augmentation procedure uh, we call Calibre, Dr. Jace Notes. Thanks Dr. Gav and together we are the Dick Doctors and we are going to be talking about all things penis. Uh, our area of expertise is um, injectable penis augmentation. There's a, a lot to talk about um, penises and uh, together myself and uh, Dr. Gavin will be doing that. Well, welcome back to the uh, Penis Show. Uh, I'm Dr. Jason, and with me is uh, Dr. Gavin, and together we're the Dick Doctors, uh, and we're here to talk about caliber and the ideal penis for penis augmentation. How are you, Dr. Gav? I am very well, thank you, Dr. Jason. Um, yeah, thanks for having me again, and great to be here to talk about the caliber procedure. Uh, and we've got, we've got a good topic today to talk about, um, really interesting one again, and a question that we get asked all the time. Um, one of my patients today asked me, you know, what, who's the ideal candidate for this procedure? Am I the right candidate? Um, so is there an ideal candidate for the caliber procedure? That, that's our question for today. Yeah. So I, I guess to, to, to make it really simple for guys, I'll, I'll say um, there are five sort of characteristics that I, I think about when I'm thinking of the, the ideal um, penis for, for caliber procedure. And that's basically being of, of normal size, um, being circumcised, not being too much of a, of a shrinker, maybe having uh, a bigger head than the shaft, um, and then not being overweight. So those are the, the five things that when I'm looking at a guy, I'm thinking, you know, how good are they as a candidate for um, for the caliber procedure? Okay, okay, great. And let's so that's really interesting. Um, and you know, I'd have to say the same. Um, so let's break it down and go back to those five things and talk about why 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 do they matter? Those things for for the caliber procedure. So I, I can't remember what was the first. I think one of the first the things. No, was, normal size. Normal size. Okay. And I think you'll find exactly the same as me that the vast majority of the guys that you treat have a normal sized penis. Oh yeah, um, which is always a shock, I think, to the patient sitting in front of me. Um, I think they expect for some reason, uh, they're not going around comparing their penis size with any other males. Um, that's probably the first reason why. Um, but they just expect that they're somehow smaller or not average. Um, yeah. And I, I tend to you know, objectively look at the penis and measure it. Uh, and, and tell them, no, you, you are pretty much uh, the average size. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm surprised how many of the guys that I see are just that little bit above average. Yeah. When we look at the, the best studies that were, were done out of King's College by Professor David Veal, um, and he looked at um, 15,000 odd um, study, well, 15,000 men's penises uh, in these studies and looked at what the the averages are mm -hmm. and in fact he didn't like the term average he um he he liked having a graph showing the distribution but it's okay. too it's too hard to show but sure. yeah most guys have an average size penis yes what caliber isn't for is for uh, a medical condition called micro penis and a micro penis is when uh, and the, the scientific sort of definition is more than two standard deviations below the length of an average erect penis which is about five and a half inches um, long. And that usually length is what they're, they're looking at. Uh, basically sure. being less than seven and a half centimeters long erect. Sure. Caliber really isn't for those guys. That sure. is the time to see a urologist and look at options for surgical augmentation. 
Yeah, and and that's obviously quite a rare condition. It's not not exactly a common um, condition. There may be other factors influencing um, that that outcome. Um, so it, it may not be in isolation, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and that's I, I I can't say I really see on honestly any people coming with that condition a micro penis. Uh, in I fact, think, thinking back in the last five years. years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen somebody who really um, makes that definition of, of micropenis. I've seen guys with smaller ones, and I've seen some guys with bigger ones. Yeah, but um, but falling within the normal range, as as you say. Yeah, yeah, that sort of bell curve that we do describe, and you know, the vast majority of the guys are in that sort of middle. And um, I guess you know the the useful thing for guys is if your penis is really on that slightly smaller size then you don't need actually as many mils of product to make a noticeable difference as a guy who perhaps does have a, um, a bigger penis. Yeah. So you've got that working in your favor. So size is the first thing, but of course that's why they're coming in because they're concerned about the size. Correct. Yes. But I guess what we're just trying to say is there's a condition out there known as the micro penis or, you know, um, where, which is a more, more of a medical condition that needs to be addressed with other, other means. Um, but yeah. not something that we typically see anyway. No. Okay. Um, so the second right. thing is is being circumcised. And okay. um, yeah, and I'm sure you know, you're finding the same as me that, you know, technically it's somewhat simpler, quicker, easier to augment a, a circumcised penis than, um, than somebody who's got a, a, a normal foreskin. Yes. Yep, I agree. Um, um, that doesn't mean to say that we we can't uh, augment, uh, uh, you know, non-surgically a penis that is uncircumcised. It's still very possible, um, and and still you can end up with a good outcome, a good aesthetic outcome. But yeah, uh, it it is a little bit uh, trickier um, because we are taking into account a plane that's continuous with the foreskin. Yes. Um, and, and what you and don't that, want, you don't want the product sort of ending up in the foreskin. I I. I say to the guys, you don't want to have a cricket ball in a sock sort of effect. <laughs> That's a good visual. I, I need to start using that one myself, but yes. Yeah, uh, um, I, I often use, I like to draw in, in my consults and I draw, you know, an example of a bulging filler in, in the foreskin. And that's a risk of guys who come in uh, who are uncircumcised that if the product is to be placed too far uh, distally, uh, it can end up in the foreskin, uh, which often isn't that much of a problem when it's erect. Um, but when it's flaccid, the foreskin sits often can sit just over the penis. And if you're going to the bathroom and you have difficulty retracting the foreskin because there's a lot of filler in the foreskin, you, you can have trouble passing urine. Um, aesthetically, when it's flaccid and there's a lot of filler in the foreskin, it may not be as pleasing. Um, it's, it's not a, a, a very bad situation from a medical point of view, but aesthetically, it may not be that pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. And so as you're saying, you know, we have ways of... Um uh, putting the product in to try and uh, avoid that as, as a circumstance. And the, the other thing is with a, a penis that's got a foreskin on it, um, you can have um, the flaccid penis with the foreskin sort of over the, over the head, over the glands. Um, and generally, it's pretty easy to get the penis to look um, good in that condition. Um, the, the penis is erect and stretches it all out. And generally, it's, you know, with our experience, you, you can get a, a penis looking good when it's erect. It's when it's flaccid and they retract the foreskin. So you've got some skin which doesn't really have product in it and you've got the lower skin which does have product in it. 
mm-hmm. that's when it's the hardest to get that looking really good and really yeah. natural. And, um, and, yeah. yeah. But so, sometimes it's just what you have to accept if you want to have a penis which is an inch bigger in girth. <laughs> correct, yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah, that's right. There are some things you have to accept and where it's looking good 90% of the time. Uh, in very particular yeah. situations, it may not look as good. Um, doesn't cause any problems from a functionality point of view, but just may not be uh-huh. as aesthetically perfect as they, you know, would imagine. Um, yeah. So, and of course, yeah. nowadays the vast majority of our younger patients are, are uncircumcised, and you know, the older guys more likely to be circumcised. So, so now we, we're dealing with lots of guys who um, who just have their natural foreskin, and yeah. um, you know, that's just um, part of the job, I guess. And, and even uh, being circumcised, there are issues with there as well because in circumcision, it, there's a scar. And um, it's not just a scar on the surface, but the scar attaches deeper down and has fibrous sort of bands that go down deep. And that's obviously where we're placing the, the product. Mm-hmm. And so the scar, the circumcision scar can be closer up to the head, to the glands, or it can be lower down. I've seen it all the way down in, in the middle of the shaft. Mm. And... Um, and then they've got that very thin skin that sort of between the circumcision scar and the glands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much harder to get that nice, smooth, and you just want the, um, you just want the product going from that really thick shaft then blending in towards the head. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just uh, takes a little bit more effort. So even with a circumcised penis, there are technical issues that you've got to work with. Mm. And yeah, I, on Monday, I had a guy, he came back, he just had a little bulge on one side past the circumcision scar. Yeah. And I was at, he'd had a, a product, um, the usual product that we use, which is a hyaluronic acid filler. And I used a medication called Hylase that obviously you're very familiar with. And two little dots of that. And then I spoke to him on Wednesday, smoothed it all out, and it's all, all fine. Mm-hmm. So that is the advantage of, of using that kind of product. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day where it's a, it's not a surgical procedure, we can um, make uh, uh, adjustments um, because yeah. it's not a surgical procedure. There's not much downtime. Uh, and I, I tell all of my clients that, um, you know, I, I probably will be doing the procedure over a couple of different treatment sessions uh, for this reason, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, um, yeah. so that we can make minor adjustments to get that really nice symmetry that you're after. And, and, it, and that works really nicely. Uh, and, you know, funnily enough, I saw a, a guy who was uncircumcised just uh, last week and um, he had one of the best symmetrical outcomes I've seen after one treatment session. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, we happened to get hit, hit the perfect plane and, and it do the perfect amount of filler with, with a nice gradient. And both it was flaccid and erect and he showed me. And, um, you know, we'll talk about it in probably some later penis shows about the aftercare and how you can really get that, that perfect symmetrical outcome with some good techniques. Um, but, but yeah, so there's no, even though theoretically a defined space, a circumcised penis is much easier for us. We can still get a good outcome over a couple of different treatment sessions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the second um, thing. The third thing is um, having a, a bigger glands uh, than, than the shaft. So if the shaft hmm. is thinner uh, and then the head of the penis is bigger, sometimes they, they, they describe it as being like the mushroom sort of head, like the stalk yeah. of a mushroom, the mushroom cap. Yep. Um, that's an advantage as well because mm-hmm. you, you get the best bang for your buck, so to speak, by putting filler into the shaft um, of the penis. And when you thicken that shaft up and it then matches the, the, the bigger glands, mm. um, that works really well. 
I'm mm. sure you find the same. Yeah, I do. And both, um, I mean, it's important. I, I, I talk to all of my guys about the aesthetic, you know, approach to, to that exactly. Um, but also the functional aspect. Um, you know, we're talking penis when it's erect, we're, we're having sex with a penis. The, the head being a little bit larger makes way, you know, um, for the rest of the penis. Um, so you don't want a situation where the head is very small, um, making way for a much larger shaft, and then you're getting stuck a little bit with the shaft, uh, you know, um, when you're having sex. So it actually matters uh, both aesthetically and functionally. Yeah, yeah. And it is possible, obviously, to put um, filler into the uh, into the glands as well. Yep. Um, but it, it just, you don't get that bang for your buck as much. Um, you know, you put five mils into a shaft and you're getting this really noticeable difference uh, and you're putting five mils into the glands, which you think is so much smaller and you think, well, that's going to make this huge difference. And then it only makes a more moderate sort of difference. Mm. And, um, and that's I'm sure to do with the, the spongy erectile tissue that the glands is made of. Mm. And they see it more, I guess, when they're erect than, than when it's flaccid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I often say it's in the name. The corpus spongiosum the sponge is in the name. It, it's a sponge. It takes up a lot of filler and um, doesn't expand like the shaft does. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, as you said, having said that, we we can augment the the glands, especially around the 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 part that mushrooms up the coronal border. Um, that seems yeah. to augment quite nicely. Often, like the border of the the lips in the face. Um, yeah. Not not your standard comparison that people usually make. <laughs> no. um, but but uh, you know, from a, a, for, for injected doctors, I'm sure they understand um, that you know it, it's easy to augment that that sort of edge, that border, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you get the, the the problem. You know, you put in say 15 mils into a, a, a guy's penis, and he's got a, you know, a one inch, you know, maybe three, maybe four centimeters um, increase in circumference, and you know they love it, and they come back and they want like another 10 mils. And they, they want the biggest, you know, they want to get six inch circumference, seven inch circumference. Mm. Um, and yes, it's doable and I've done it. Um, but eventually you start getting that shaft, which is much fatter than the, than the head. And it looks like um, a sausage in a bun, a hot dog sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, some guys are totally happy with that because they've got the thickest shaft around. Yeah. Um, but aesthetically, it doesn't look, as nice it doesn't look as natural yeah no exactly right it doesn't look as natural and it's really interesting how some guys i find are really happy with that m massive increase in size and there are other guys who come back and are worried about the increase in size they're like didn't realize how effective it would be and they're thinking gosh i, I don't like this is as big as i want it i don't want it any bigger <laughs> um yeah. yeah so it's really interesting how different how different um all the guys are in their responses yeah yeah Okay, so that's the fourth thing about like the ideal um, uh, penis for, for uh, augmentation uh, is shrinkage. And um, yes. obviously shrinkage is a reason why guys come to see us because, you know, a guy looks at his penis and, it, and it's shrunk, shrunk up um, and they have all kinds of names for it, uh, turtling, but I think shrinkage is, is, is the easiest. Um, some guys are showers. It just hangs out and it, you know they you know it doesn't matter if they're jumping into a freezing cold pool you know it just doesn't shrink up and you know other people you know as soon as the thought that you know their penis is going to be on on show you know they're going swimming so, whoop, it just wants to, to shrink up it disappears 
which is it. And you know, you'll see, you know, how many guys have said to you, well, it's normally a lot bigger than this yeah. when they're, when they're <laughs> shot with you for the first time. Yeah. And you say, look, guy, it's completely. Yeah, 90% yeah, of guys, I tell you, as soon as they have to drop their pants and you know, show me, yeah, it shrinks up. Um, so too much shrinkage is an issue because um, it can fold the, the penis and fold the product in those early few days and early week or so when the product is, is setting in the, in mm. the tissue of the, of the skin. So mm. the, the straighter the, the penis is, the less folds and bends in it, the easier it is to keep it um, straight. And guys who get a lot of shrinkage, um, that can be more of, of a, an issue. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure you're, you're finding the same sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I mean, there, there's always going to be a, a, a certain amount of shrinkage that almost every guy has um, in different situations. Um, and some guys have worse shrinkage than, than others. Um, there are ways we can get around it a little bit. Um, yeah. I know that we, you and I both use a, the same type of medication to actually help uh, relax the penis and help it stay out a little bit more. Yeah, so that's um, interesting. We'll, I reckon we'll come back and do a, a specific show just on, on something like this. But yeah, this idea that there, there, there is a medication yeah. that um, makes your penis bigger. It doesn't really make your penis bigger, but it no. reduces shrinkage a bit. But Correct. it's a useful. Yeah, there's, there's, there's that. Yeah. Um, bandaging, there are certain kinds of bandaging that you can use that can help just hold it out a little bit and help yep. prevent, um, prevent shrinkage. And then obviously, and then we'll talk about this, as you say, in aftercare, doing massage and stuff that you can just help make sure that the product is sitting um, where, it, um, where it needs to be. Yeah. But, and then you get some guys who've got really severe shrinkage. You know, they, when they come to show you and there's like, no, it's like an innie, not an outie, like sure. a belly button sort of thing. Sure. Calibre isn't, isn't for those guys, I don't think. No. I've, I've tried it on a guy who's got that literally there's like nothing showing. Sure. And... It's just the product is not strong enough to hold it out. Having the weight of the product in most guys' penis actually does help it hold out. The weight of it, that, that gel not wanting to shrink back in. Yeah, they become you know, somewhat of a shower all of a sudden. Yeah, the that's right. They're more of a shower than, than, than yeah. a grower. Yeah. Um, that but leads yeah, if you've got hardcore shrinkage, not enough. And that sort of leads us to our, that final point, um, which was the, um, uh, you know, someone with a lot of extra weight especially just uh, above the penis in the suprapubic area. Yeah, yeah. So being overweight, they say that for 10 kilos, you lose half an inch of, um, of penis length. That, that um, should be in a lot more of the weight loss products then. That, that not, that, yeah, that not bit of knowledge, that. I think, would uh, knock off a few more kilos quite yeah. fast. Um, I had a, a guy come and, and see me and you know, I said, before we do anything to your penis, you need to lose 30 kilos. You know, it's, it's a, there's no point in having a fatter penis under this massive gut. You're just not going to see it. It's not going to do the job. Um, the guy that I saw this morning, actually a really thin guy, um, and you wouldn't have thought, but just that, what we call that suprapubic fat pad, that fat pad that's really sort of where the, the pubic hair is, below the, the belt line, so really mm. low down. When you push that in, his penis like grew an inch. Yep. And so I was saying to him, look, yes, we can put filler into your, into your penis. We, we can do an augmentation. But I think before we do that, if we did some liposuction here or using one of the um, other technologies, freezing it or whatever, 
if we can get that fat to just come in a little bit, you can see a, a big difference. Um, mm. And so, yeah, that's sometimes a really useful um, technique. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and just to add to that, Chase, um, with, with the guys I, I see who, who have that suprapubic fat pad or the guys who are a little bit more overweight, um, who, where the penis does tend to shrink into the fat, um, I explain to them that, you know, if we do the procedure and the filler, and I, even if I use something to um, uh, induce an artificial sort of an erection, um, uh, such as, you know, a cabaject, for example, yeah. um, then uh, just after the procedure, when that erection goes down, the penis shrinks back into the fat and pushes the product forward. And what, and, yeah. and, and I have seen this a few times in the past, having learned, you know, from, from, previous procedures <laughs> um, is that you'll get the bell shape um, penis, which is not yeah. ideal. Um, and that's because the product has been pushed forward by the fat, literally pushed forward. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not ideal. It, again, there are some workarounds that we can try and, and, you know, work around it, but it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. Well, look, there, there is never anything wrong um, with, with losing weight, you know, makes your penis look bigger. It makes it function better. Uh, it makes you um, more attractive. Yeah, um, so every, everything about you know, losing weight, getting fitter is, is better. And if, you, if it's about a confidence thing, then yeah, you're going to feel more point. confident if you're thin, um, thinner than being fat and having a, a bigger penis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's my take Excellent. on it. Yeah. And, you know, um, these, these are really great points about who's the ideal uh, caliber candidate, but obviously... In real life, and you know as well as I do, we don't see the ideal caliber candidate walk, walk through the door. Um, uh, so you know we, we are able to, and you know there are different variations and 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 things we're able to work around and usually um, get a pretty good outcome. But guys, just need to be aware of these factors that influence yeah. this procedure, and um, you know the, the the small limitations of the procedure. Um, but I, I guess with a lot of experience, having injected uh, hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of penises. Um, you, you begin to learn how to um, take these factors into account, explain to the patient how, how, how it will affect the outcome um, and, and how we, what we can do to get a better outcome. Yeah, and that, that's what the penis show is all about, is to be able to um, put this information out there, uh, help guys um, know a bit more about it because otherwise you never get to, um, you know, discuss, not seriously either, you know, occasionally, you know, um, guys be sitting around drinking and have a laugh, but you know, so rare for guys to be able to talk about this sort of thing. Well, thanks for listening to us, guys. Um, I'm Dr. Gav, and with me, I've been speaking with Dr. Jace, the founder of the Non-Surgical Penis Augmentation Procedure Caliber, um, and we'll be talking about lots more interesting topics coming up over the next few weeks on a weekly basis, uh, all about penises in the penis show, we're the dick doctors. Uh, don't forget, confidence changes everything. Confidence changes everything. Look forward to talking to you guys soon.